Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. The Kentucky Derby took place this past weekend. It's a weekend of fancy dress, heavy drinking, and a lot of partying for only two minutes of pleasure. Basically, it's like NBC Sports broadcast my love life. Both a hearing judge and Georgia's secretary of state say Marjorie Taylor Greene can appear on the ballot and run for re-election to her seat in Congress. It's unclear at this point as to whether she'll run to represent her constituents or her lizard overlords. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper said Trump reportedly wanted to shoot cruise missiles into Mexico to eliminate the drug labs there by claiming it could be done quietly. Donald Trump doesn't know how to do anything quietly. This was a man who would go on Twitter and brag if he ever copped a turd that was covered in solid gold. Republicans want to advance legislation that would put warning labels on TV programming that features homosexual or transgender lifestyle. 
Like if they use those criteria, then every TV network that includes coverage of a GOP rally where the would-be candidates praise Trump legally must include footage of the obligatory warning being created by a skywriting plane. Assateague Island here in Maryland is moving one of its horses out because it's reportedly too aggressive. It's so aggressive that the only appropriate place for it is the bestiality section on Pornhub. And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Abby Mello and Devine Kerr. Hello. Hey, Tom. So what's been up with the both of you this week? Um, I have two kids and both separate teachers keep on sending us emails needing tissue boxes, <laughs> apparently for some sort of science project. But every time I read your son and tissue, I keep on thinking, oh, my God, what did they do at school? You know, but <laughs> so that 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 was startling. But aside from that, not much going on <laughs> this week. And that's not the sort of imagery that we tolerate on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, how about yourself? After Tom just discussed bestiality, right? Yeah. Now, um, I got to tell you, Tom, <laughs> that opening monologue hit all my trigger points. You're going to start with animal abuse. Don't get me started on the Kentucky Derby. And then he brought up Trump. And then he brought up Trumping on <laughs> LGBTQ rights. And I mean, seriously, Tom, you've got me fired up and we haven't even talked about abortion yet. I'm doing my job. Making a bunch uh. of women angry. <laughs> Is that what I'm feeling? I was repressed. You know, I didn't know how to like express it yet. <laughs> the Taliban in Afghanistan issued a decree that all women must cover their entire faces. Interesting. I didn't know Samuel Alito was moonlighting. The only thing more disgusting than watching the sausage making take place in Congress is the continuous display of the sausage fest taking place in the Supreme Court. In some of the most vocal factions of the Republican Party, there are men who have no qualms about openly telling women what they should be able to do with their own bodies, even though they have no qualms about being unable to control their own bodily functions. It's no surprise that Brett Kavanaugh voted to overturn Roe versus Wade as he was accused of trying to get inside multiple women's uteri during his confirmation hearing. The only benefit of this ruling is that when it was leaked, every incel comic who tends to comment dudes rock on social media stayed radio silent for about three days the last vestige of pleasure on Twitter before Elon Musk's takeover. Joining us tonight to discuss the SCOTUS draft ruling, please welcome Allison Chadwick and Charlotte Parker. Hey, everybody. Allison, welcome back. Charlotte, welcome. Thank you. Happy Thanks to be here. Um, Allison, I imagine uh, you have some thoughts on uh, the events of the past week with regard to, uh, to the Supreme Court. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, number one, this isn't the number one thing, but I do hope this makes, hope this helps the Democrats keep both the House and the Senate this fall. That's, that was my number, one of my first thoughts. But two, there's a lot of other rulings that can go by the wayside if this is the final decision. You know, this also takes down Casey, which takes down all of, you know, the LGBTQ rights. It takes down the contraception that can be made illegal now or would be so it, it's got tentacles that go way farther than abortion the midterms i mean they're they're six months away so i mean you would hope that it would stay in the news cycle for that long but admittedly like it might not especially with um you know inflation whatever happens with covid more cases of that are going up um, yeah and then, like, is it, I mean, is it just the, is the key thing to just go ahead and keep 
maybe this this one issue on the on the forefront despite anything else that might be, be going on it won't be this one issue it'll be you know if, if roe falls you're gonna have 13 states abortion becomes immediately illegal then you'll have press coverage of all the other states are going to pass those same laws and there'll be other news stories around this so i don't think this just ends with you and i think this is going to have the just as much success as prohibition did in uh and stopping people from drinking alcohol in that people are going to be a lot more sneaky about <laughs> going to do this thing anyway now that it's outlawed so yeah i i guess good job supreme court <laughs> like it's not they're not actually yeah if history is any if history is any indicator then uh like prohibition it'll go ahead and take what 12 like more than 10 years at least to write this wrong i feel better already i, I, I just wonder the uh speakeasy style abortion clinic so we have to like know a password and knock and that's not funny that's just sad um <laughs> well you know i wonder if the supreme court justices who told the senate that they would go by stare decisis and and keep row i wonder if that was perjury yeah that's definitely definitely something to consider charlotte welcome to the show Glad, uh, glad you could join us. I'm glad um, I could do this such a fun topic. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, you're. I mean, it just so happens, like it, this was a, a last minute booking. Tells you how kick ass I am at being a host and a producer. Uh, very modest of me. So, uh, um, you're you actually uh, live in Texas? Like you were raised in Texas? So I imagine. Uh, well, seen- no, I wasn't raised in Texas. I, I was raised in uh, Connecticut, but moved here for college. So I've been here uh, about ten years now, actually. Um, okay. But, so but, but regardless, you've seen like you've seen this battle kind of up front. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've it's more local the, news than anything. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I'm in one of the states that will for sure like ban abortion immediately if this goes through. Um, I it's interesting because I am in like I'm near Dallas. I'm in like a suburb just outside of Dallas and I'm in Dallas now. I work in Dallas. So I'm in a somewhat more liberal part of Texas. Not like Austin liberal, but still, you know. Uh Austin is so liberal that like I go there and I'm like, whoa, okay, hold up. Like <laughs> I'm liberal but not that liberal. Like um so Dallas is sort of like it's 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 more liberal than you would think of Texas. So at least I'm not in like a small town in East Texas right now. I think that'd be a different story. So I'm like still sort of in a bubble, but I'm also aware, hyper aware that I'm in Texas and that like the state laws are not going to reflect what I'm seeing like locally. So. so of course, every single episode of this podcast we've done on Zoom. And I should note that Charlotte is actually joining us. She's in, I think, a coffee house or something. She, she's in a public place. In Texas I, yeah. right now, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, this this is the perfect topic to discuss in Texas. Oh, this is a great thing to discuss in a in a Texas <laughs> I, uh... Did you like take a good look around, make sure there's no red hats behind you before you start talking about this topic? Yeah, I, this? I did. I did do it. <laughs> yes. The SCOTUS draft ruling is the most outrageous that Republicans have been about a leak since the discovery of a tape of Donald Trump and Russian hookers. (laughs) In these clips from C-SPAN, we can see the different reactions of the two Senate leaders and their different approaches to the Supreme Court's draft ruling. 
Mr. President, this is a dark and disturbing morning for America. Last night, a report disclosed that a conservative majority of the United States Supreme Court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade and uproot decades of precedent affirming a woman's right to an abortion. If this report is accurate, the Supreme Court is poised to inflict the greatest restriction of rights in the past 50 years, not just on women, but on all Americans. Under this decision, our children will have less rights than their parents. Now that the court is poised to strike down Roe, it is my intention for the Senate to hold a vote on legislation to codify the right to an abortion in law. For years, the radical left has attacked the institution of the Supreme Court. Last night, it appears their campaign hit a new low. Historically, the justices, clerks, and staff have prized and protected the court's confidentiality. The justices must be able to discuss and deliberate in an environment of total trust and privacy. Americans cannot receive a fair trial if politicians, pundits, bullies, and mobs get a say in court. This lawless action should be investigated and punished to the fullest extent possible. The fullest extent possible. I'm certain the Chief Justice will seek to get to the bottom of this. If a crime was committed, the Department of Justice must pursue it completely. Because we all know that like the, the big bastion of liberal activism in this country is uh, clerks of judges, most of whom were appointed by Republican presidents. I mean, the mental gymnastics that someone like Mitch McConnell has to do to try and retain what power he has and in his case, attempt to get more in the future. I mean, it's, it's, it's baffling. I mean, it would be, it would be commendable if it weren't for such a serious topic. Seriously, the irony of pulling out some kind of moral like code when you're talking about taking away rights from more than half of the population. And, you know, it's like, you don't get, that's not a high ground you get to stand on right now, sir. Yeah. He's more worried about invading the privacy of the judges rather than, you know, 50% of the world or the country. Well, what's that saying? If public opinion isn't with you, go with facts. If facts are with you, go with public opinion. If neither is with you, pound the table. That's what he's doing. It's just, I don't want to talk about abortion. I want to talk about the leak because he's got nothing else. Right. Because he can't say, yeah, I'm actually all for this. So to be like, oh, we shouldn't have heard about this anyway. Like, okay, but that's not the main issue here. Yeah, I think, you know, they've overstepped because I would think if I've been working on there's the anti-abortion side for decades, I'd be like, yay, we're, we won. But they're, they're not talking about that that way. They're all the leak. It's bad. This is like when uh, uh, someone goes through their partner's phone and finds out that they're cheating on them. And then the other person is like, well, why were you going through my phone? Yes. Of my privacy. What's your right? The irony of going after the pride, being upset about privacy being a breach right. when you're 
throwing out a case that's based on privacy yet. There's yeah, they're telling us what to do in the is the body of this court. Is that a phrase? Like <laughs> if they're really concerned about privacy, they need to be. I don't know if who's on this panel has heard about like your period tracker apps and how they've basically oh, sold yeah. all of that data and will be able to figure out when you miss your period and uh, go anywhere near Planned Parenthood. Yeah, we care about your privacy. Stay the fuck out of my vagina then. That is terrifying. Yeah, they care about the privacy of specifically the Supreme Court justices. And no, they care no about the privacy people. of white, straight, cis men. That's what they care about. Yeah, and women if they're Republican. Yeah. yeah. Barely. I just realized how much Mitch McConnell sounds like uh, the Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life. Like <laughs> if he'd really gone downhill. You know? <laughs> like if, if he if he just overdosed on xanax basically <laughs> right and just like never been visited by that angel but also never jumped off the bridge he just became a really bitter old man <laughs> he, he looks like a turtle and he speaks like a turtle too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i love turtles and find that highly offensive oh i'm sorry <laughs> Geez, Abby, we're hit. We're hitting all of our. We're hitting all of our trigger points today. Tonight. <laughs> Assuming you, you don't don't insult or hurt any animals, or you're going to catch my ire. <laughs> While it can be argued that the striking down of Roe versus Wade will lead to women's rights being taken back to the dark ages is mere hyperbole, past legal writings and scholastic studies show it might be true as explained in this clip. If you are using deeply rooted in this nation's history as the basis for what you think is right and just, then you are lost. You are morally lost. Samuel Alito reaches back to legal writings in 17th century England to show that the right to abortion services is not deeply rooted in our history. He cites Sir Edward Cook writing in 1644 that abortion is a crime. In 1644 in England, they were still having witch trials ending in the execution of the convicted witches. And Sir Edward Cook helped English law define witches when he rewrote English law in 1604 to make it even more cruel in witchcraft trials. He wrote, a witch is a person who hath conference with the devil to consult with him or to do some act. So Samuel Alito is quoting approvingly the 1644 judgment on abortion of an English aristocrat who said a witch is a person who has conference with the devil. Samuel Alito is reaching back four centuries to use Sir Edward Cook as a moral authority on abortion, a man who believed in witches and believed they were working with the devil and believed that witches should be murdered by the state and he helped make sure that they were murdered by the state in England. Samuel Alito needs to talk to the clerk working for him who found that reference to Sir Edward Cook and get that erased from his draft opinion. I, for one, can't wait to hear that conversation. I hope there is a recording of it. Because, you know, (laughs) I hope it gets (laughs) That'd be awesome. Because, you know, how, like, 
like when you were in school and you always finished up that assignment at the last minute, it's like, I got to find a pin. I got to find a pin. Okay. This guy sounds good, but you don't like do any of the work beforehand. And instead of just being embarrassed in the front of uh, your class on presentation day, or, you know, when you get your grade, you know, your uh, mistake is basically just pointed out on national cable primetime television. <laughs> right. But then we weren't being paid. So I just appreciate the entire argument, which is like, look, everybody, misogyny has been around for centuries. It's like, <laughs> we have been trying to control women's bodies forever. What should make now any different? I also love, I, I, if that's the most recent argument they can find that supports what you're doing, like maybe readjust, you know? Also, I love that this guy they're quoting is like, okay, it's fine to kill adult women who may or may not be able to do magic. Um, just not fetuses uh, that aren't fully formed into babies yet. What worries me is that there's, you know, women couldn't even get their own credit cards in the United States until 1974 when a law had to be passed. And they definitely couldn't get one in the 1600s. Yeah, well, they didn't have them back then. But I'm, <laughs> I just... I think that we take a lot of things for granted and that this could really unravel a lot of rights for, for everybody. I just, I don't get who they think this is benefiting. Like, I would love to see them try to defend this. Like, like who are they saving here by doing this? Like, who do they think they're helping? That's what I want to know. Cause they're not After, helping. I mean, not to point out the obvious, but unborn babies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Well, no, but right, but then it's like, okay. So then, cool. So then, That's why we have on Abby. Going, She's the college professor here. She right, so, helps explain these complex issues. So then I assume they're also going to, like, expand opportunities for daycare. And, yeah, they like, don't. You know. Once no, the baby's born, not, it's like, forget about it. You know? Yeah, the, the fetus is what matters. The baby, someone else can take care of. Except right? the fetus doesn't matter, or they would have prenatal care. They won't okay. even let you call it a fetus. They don't even want you to call it a fetus. It's already a baby at one week old, you know, like because the school system has failed them. You know? So then it should, uh, then it should, you know, uh, qualify for all of the services that are for women and infant children, yeah. right? If it's I, already yeah. a baby. Yeah, true. You get food stamps. Get it that government cheese. This isn't to say that all women are thrilled about the prospect of most of the American population wanting the protections afforded in Roe versus Wade codified into law. As we can see in this clip of an exchange between New Hampshire Republican State Senator Susan DeLumas and pro-choice protesters. Now, I know from experience in working in politics that usually when they're at public events like this or where they're interacting with people, they usually have like one or two staffers or aides with them. Like I can just imagine like one of the aides who's with her is just saying something along. The, it's just thinking something along the lines of, well, that went well. <laughs> <laughs> her chanting, you're the murderer, you're the mur she's the murderer. You know how many women are going to die? Yeah. From this? Yeah. Good call. You know? 
it's um it's it, because it's not because the abortion it's not going to go away it's just that it's not going to be safely practiced you know so nobody exactly. actually thinks that abortion would go away if made illegal i actually got into a debate with a priest once i didn't know he was a priest he wasn't wearing that outfit but i <laughs> that abortion should not be illegal because he was an he, undercover priest no, then I, at the end, I, so I was like, oh, Father Timothy. And I'm like, I didn't know you were a priest. I wouldn't have had that conversation had I, but I did convince him abortion shouldn't be illegal. So. Oh, nice. Impressive. Now, I just like that um, she's the, she's the reverse Oprah. She's like, and you're going to hell and you're going to hell and you're a murderer. <laughs> Look under your seat. Hell is already opening, you know. But if you yeah. listen to maybe uh, call me barrett she'll say well you can just drop that kid off somewhere when you have after you give birth just drop oh him my out. God. <laughs> it's only what eight months of your nine months of your life you can that's fine yeah that kid won't be no, bitter no, at all no big or like after you may or may not die of preeclampsia or any other number of things that might happen to you in your third trimester right and if the kid has any disabilities whatsoever it's fine and then once it's born, you know, you can't have time off because fuck the kid, you know. Right. Go right back to work. You'll be fine. Take a salt pill and walk it off. Yeah, the baby pill. doesn't even know it's mommy's son. It's back in the daycare already. He's like, you know, whose booby is this? <laughs> well, they're not. Okay. Having worked in a daycare, I can say that they should not be. They're not just shoving boobs in the kid's face. <laughs> no, but compared to any other country, though, I mean, I thought Canada was bad with only one year of maternity leave, but here, moms literally go back after two weeks. All right. Oh, the a year barely, would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like two weeks is barely time for like not sleep training. I am a mom of two kids. Breastfeeding, it didn't even latch properly yet. It didn't even have oh. the mustard shit yet in a diaper, you know. And then it's already like in the crib, that's, daycare with people. I'm like, to me, that's like crazy. That's, even if you take the baby out of the equation, you need more than that time just to recover from like the surgery aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Let alone taking care of the yeah. child you just birthed. You can't even have sex with your husband yet because you're still healing, but you have to go back to work. It makes no sense. Right. I mean, it is interesting that we, that that gets brought up because like we, we like to think of the United States as the super advanced, you know, industrialized world power, yet we're so far behind the rest of other westernized countries. I mean, we don't offer so many weeks of unplanned leave. We really don't have like a nationalized health insurance uh, health insurance plan for everybody yet. I mean, and now we're 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 going backwards. It seems with this ruling or would be ruling we to like, basically third world countries. We have the highest maternal mortality rate in the world for industrialized countries. Highest C-section also because doctors just plan it for their lunch breaks, you know, because apparently no woman is able to give birth. We're not designed. We're flawedly designed. America's like, nope, C-section. I don't know anybody who, just in my close network, who gave birth vaginally. And I think that's very alarming, you know. Yeah, that is. That's interesting. I know some women. I didn't know it was like a lazy topic. planned induction. I I see a lot of too. So if it's not, and then sometimes that ends in C-section anyway. I found out recently that some countries also don't have like a limited number of sick days with your job. Like that's just not a thing. You're, you're just like, how many sick days do I have? Like, no, if you're sick, you're sick. Just let us know yeah. you're sick. Like, it's not like with America. It's like, no, you're only allowed to be sick uh, three times, and after that deal with it like, <laughs> come in anyway and in some countries in europe after a woman gives birth they even get complimentary pelvic floor training and it's part of their health care 
so that women can be muscle wow. retone back themselves because here seriously like it's so taboo and women are embarrassed but most moms give birth and then they cannot sneeze without pissing themselves anymore and nobody addresses it right there's that too that sounds like something a pervy coworker would offer like hey you're <laughs> training after you give birth <laughs> over my cubicle <laughs> american ingenuity at its finest in an interview with the Christian Broadcasting Network, Donald Trump said nobody has done more for Christianity and religion of all types than him. His statement makes sense, because when most people think of Trump, they think, oh, Jesus Christ, mother of God. <laughs> it be, it's easy to forget that during his time as a New York real estate developer, he was not always set in his ways about Christian values. As this excerpt from a 2004 interview on The Howard Stern Show shows us. She's on the pill. Yeah. You know, you fell for that one time before. I did. That happened. I'm, Darling, I'm so happy we're about to have a child. I said, uh, excuse me? I didn't know about that. <laughs> but, you know, at the time it was like, excuse me, what happened? And then I said, well, what are we going to do about this? She said, oh, are you serious? This hmm. is the most beautiful day of our lives. I said, oh, great. <laughs> I'm shocked. Donald Trump only thinking of himself in a situation like that? I'm shocked, was stunned, and deeply saddened. Do we know which of his children that was? Was that that one that we never hear about? <laughs> that was, <laughs> no, that was uh, he was talk. They were talking about uh, Tiffany. Ironically yeah, enough, so, ironically yeah. enough, yeah. the one the one Trump who's managed to stay out of all this shit. Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't have any contact with her. Yeah, you would never say that about what's the other one, the tall Ivanka. blonde one, Ivanka. Yeah, because he's in love with her. He'd been like, and that was the greatest. Well, and then she turned into the sexiest, most beautiful, oh. sexy woman. <laughs> he's so gross he's so and that's gross. when he became the next woody allen yeah he i i love this is a great start to like tiffany's evil backstory though it's like from the minute i was conceived i was unwanted like i can just see it now you know to give you the next marvel superhero exactly yeah like you will pay attention to me father <laughs> <laughs> What's my name? Uh, yeah. In conclusion, if you log on to Amazon by going to smile.amazon.com and pick a charity of your choice, then a certain portion of all your purchases will go to said charity. For nearly a year now, my charity of choice has been Planned Parenthood of Greater Texas. I'm not saying that what I do will solve all the world's ills, but I am doing my part as someone who doesn't say, own a worldwide corporation, and yet still manages to avoid paying any income taxes. It does seem ironic that the substandard hardware podcast recording equipment that I purchased is helping to provide some basic support for basic medical care and is not coming directly from the multimillionaire adulterer who tried to shoot a penis-shaped rocket out of orbit and therefore failed to fuck space. Yeah. In many ways, I have my thumb on the pulse of the great American public, who are slowly becoming averse to people with lots of money, telling those with no money how they should be living their lives and making do. It's not just Jeff Bezos, but other rich people who insist on making this country better by bragging about the things they do that affect the few rather than, I don't know, feeding people and making sure they have health care. Elon Musk this week came out and said that if he died under mysterious circumstances, that it was nice knowing us all. See, when he dies, I'm going to do what I always do when every other divisive power-seeking millionaire dies. I'm going to think. 
Should I have a muffin or a donut with my coffee this morning? <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Abby Mello, Devine Kerr, Allison Chadwick, and Charlotte Parker. <laughs> this episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Abby Mello and Devine Kerr and guests Allison Chadwick and Charlotte Parker. Theme music by Euron Vandenburg. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.